Blog Talk Radio.
Welcome to Science Light Show. This is Randy Goldberg, and I'm really glad to be welcoming a special guest, the founder of Flexware, a longtime friend, Steve Shafferman. Uh, are you there on the line, Stephen? Yes, I am, Randy. Hello. Hello, hello. Greetings. Um, we go way back in all kinds of different circles, and you're a real Renaissance man. Um, <laughs> tonight we're going to be focusing on your FlexAware work, and um, why don't we jump straight in and go ahead and, and tell us what uh, FlexAware is. Very good. Thank you. Um, FlexAware is a movement fitness healing practice that's based on the way young children learn and move. So it's a way to help people of all ages breathe freely, move easily, eliminate back pain, recover from injuries, enhance your fitness or your golf or tennis. Um, And it's a lot of fun besides. Yeah, so go ahead and just expand and um, (laughs) and why don't you go into some depth about what flesh just... Okay, great. Basically, you know, we we have a lot of time, so I wanted to flesh stuff out and uh, what does all that mean and... um, Excellent. Yeah. um, My mentor was an Israeli engineer neuroscientist judo master named Moshe Feldenkrais. And a lot of your listeners may have heard of the Feldenkrais method. It's moderately well-known. I actually traveled with Feldenkrais the last time he taught in the United States. And in the mid-'90s, I wrote a book about him and the method uh, called Awareness Heals. But while writing that book, I began to reflect on the fact that the world has changed a lot since he died in 1984. Uh, and we normally don't think about these things. And, but once we notice it, uh, the world has changed a lot since 1984. Um, in the 60s and 70s and early 80s, when Feldenkrais was developing his work, actually he began developing it in the 50s, uh, people didn't exercise the way we do today. People didn't sit in front of computers the way we do today. Um, and so what I began to look at was how can we create a fitness and healing practice that really meets the needs of regular folks in our modern world? Um, young children at six months, a year, two years, three, five, young children are remarkably flexible, and we've all seen that. They have enormous strength, immense stamina, and they don't do any kind of formal exercise. Uh, Young children move efficiently, uh, and that's really the source of strength and flexibility and stamina, moving efficiently. So what does that mean? Well, to start, it means aligning with gravity uh, rather than fighting against it. Uh, It means that muscles throughout the body have relatively equal low tone with no wasted effort. Um, 
It means that breathing is fully integrated with every act. And by the way, I like your opening music about breathing and moving. That was really lovely, and I'm going to have to get that piece and use it. Yeah, that was by the Kennedys. That's a song called uh, Breathe by a group called the Kennedy. Excellent. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what happens? At two years old, five years old, we're just remarkably lively and flexible and have enormous stamina. But by the time we're 10 or 12 or 20, uh, so many of us have bad posture and shallow breathing and habits of straining and stiffening. And by the time we're 30 or 50 or 70, uh, those habits often have labels like chronic back pain or stenosis or scoliosis. And what I'm suggesting with FlexAware and what I'm showing with hundreds of students now is that stenosis and scoliosis and sciatica and back pain and countless other conditions are really just the result of long-term habits of moving inefficiently. And more important, when you learn to breathe freely and move easily, those habits are reversible. Uh, You can learn at any age to have better posture and better breathing and be stronger and more flexible. So up until a few months ago, actually, I was working with a woman who was 98, and she was just about to have her 99th birthday when uh, she began to have some serious health problems and then died rather suddenly. But in the last few years of her life while I was working with her, her balance, posture, and walking improved dramatically uh, to the point where all of her friends and her children uh, often remarked upon it. And she would go to see doctors and talk to them about her trainer and uh, the unique kind of exercises she was doing. And that's what FlexAware is about. And it's about rediscovering the natural ease and skill that we all had when we were healthy young children and applying that to the way we function at every age. So, um, yeah. So how? What I don't does know. It look maybe. Like? Then what? Uh, oh, okay. What is it? Well, that's a how, good question. People, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm here in Washington D.C. I live in Dupont Circle, and I work with people at my apartment or at their homes because I don't have a regular studio at the moment. So I'm now mostly focusing on educating new FlexAware teachers. So I've just completed the version 3.0 of the teacher's manual. And actually, we have certified teachers in Seattle and Cambridge, England, and Hawaii, and a number of other places around the country, uh, several in the D.C. area. And what it looks like is sort of like a gentle form of yoga or stretching. Uh, But in FlexAware classes, and I work with people privately and also teach workshops and classes, 
in a FlexAware class or workshop, you move at your own pace. You move guided by your breathing, guided always by what is comfortable. And that's a basic principle that we see demonstrated in every healthy young child. Uh, Children learn to crawl and walk and run and skip and dance by playfully exploring and imitating. The process is guided always by comfort and motivated by curiosity. Two-year-olds, when they're walking and exploring, are not setting goals. They're not keeping track of the number of repetitions. They're not learning on any fixed schedules. And so in a FlexAware class um, or in an individual lesson, I would guide you to first notice how you're breathing. In fact, um, your listeners, our listeners, might do that right now as they're listening. Just be aware of how and when you exhale and how and when you inhale. And if you visit flexaware.com, F-L-E-X-A-W-A-R-E.com, I show a little introduction on the homepage, a short video, where I ask you to put your hands on your ribs. So you might do that right now. Uh, Put your hands on your ribs, and you'll feel that as you breathe, your ribs move. And normally we don't notice that. Normally, we tend to think of breathing mostly in terms of the belly going forward and back or the diaphragm going up and down. But in fact, the abdominal muscles and the diaphragm attach to the ribs. And when those muscles contract or release, the ribs move. And you just touch your ribs there on the sides and you can feel that they move. In fact, you can touch your ribs anywhere. You can touch in the upper chest under the collarbones, or in the armpits, or in back, around, or between, or beneath the shoulder blades. Um, Breathing happens through changing the volume of the trunk. Breathing happens through the action of many muscles that attach to the ribs, not just the diaphragm, not just the abdominals, many muscles, especially many muscles in back that attach to ribs and to vertebrae and up to the skull and down to the pelvis. So I imagine most of our listeners are sitting at the moment, though you might be standing. Um, If you're driving a car, you can wait and do this when you get home. So I guess people, if they're listening online, you're probably not driving a car. Um, As you exhale, just turn to look back over one shoulder and feel that you turn from the pelvis and hip joints if you're sitting or turn from the feet and ankles if you're standing. So you can feel that the movement of turning involves all of you and then inhale, face forward, alternate left and right. So exhale and twist, inhale and face forward, And a way that I like to describe this with FlexAware is imagine that your whole trunk is like a sponge and your ribs are like fingers. 
So here we're just wringing out the sponge. Turning like wringing out a sponge, then returning to the face forward and letting the sponge fill again. Alternate left and right. And you'll feel that as you do this, especially if you do it slowly and gently, that the movement becomes a bit easier with each repetition. There's a bit more movement. You can go a little bit farther. And you really don't even have to think about breathing. Just be aware of it. Then pause when you're in the middle. And this time, as you exhale, you can slouch forward. And again, you can be doing this while sitting in a chair or standing. It's a little more difficult if you're slouched against the back of the chair, so you might want to scoot forward a bit and sit up without any back support. That way, as you exhale, your head and shoulders can go forward and your middle back can go backward. So again, it's like squeezing a sponge or letting the air out of a balloon. Then we inhale and return to neutral. And we can also do this with side bending or backward bending or many other movements. And in all of these ways, we begin to restore the mobility to the many joints along the spine where the ribs meet the vertebrae and to the many joints where one vertebra meets the next because the spine is not simply a column and there are many joints in addition to discs are. And these ideas are not just um, something I made up or something that we can see if we look at young children, there's actually a great deal of science behind this. So, uh, and I'll talk more about that in a bit. But first, um, uh, Randy and I have had a number of conversations over the years about mind and body and various modes of psychology and Part of the joy and power of FlexAware is that it really dissolves any notion of a split between mind and body. And for me, uh, thinking about how any kind of psychological or emotional difficulty involves some disturbance of our breathing. And you've certainly noticed that, Randy, and uh, your Jungian work and your astrological counseling work, and I'm sure all of our readers, or all of our listeners, <laughs> excuse me about that, I've been writing another book and keep thinking about readers rather than listeners. Um, all of our listeners, I'm sure, can reflect on many times when you've experienced some kind of stress or anxiety. Uh, what's the first thing that happens? Well, we hold our breath. And with the release of the stress or anxiety, often people will sigh. And sighing is kind of a reset mechanism on the breathing. Or when we've been sitting too still, uh, we sometimes yawn. And yawning is also like a reset button on the breathing. So... 
Here we have just some simple ideas about resetting the breathing dynamically through movement by shifting your weight, by bending or twisting in any direction. So when you talk about no separation between mind and body, um, on this call I, I do a lot of different formats, but a lot of times I I have people that call in and they're really stressed about their life, they're stressed about work, they're stressed about health, they're stressed about relationships, they're stressed about finances, so many different things, and uh, or, you know, and uh, emotional problems and all kinds of different things. So how... How would you give some general advice when people are thinking, you know, they have this, um, they're upset, and, you know, to them it seems like a more emotional issue or something. How, how yeah. do you tie that together, that the body and good. the Thank mind you. aren't separate? Yeah, that's that's a, a good way for me to focus because um, it's more concrete and specific. So, again, for... Our listeners, um, when you experience stress, one of the things that's happening that we tend to overlook is we're holding our breath or our breathing has become shallow. And many people talk about how stress is associated with breathing only in the upper chest and not in the belly or diaphragm or abdomen. Um, what I'm suggesting with the FlexAware movement practices is that breathing can involve all of you and you can relieve the stress by exhaling more actively with some movement. So um, typically we tend to focus on content and you gave a number of great examples of people being stressed about their relationship or stressed about money or stressed about some work situation or for those of us living in Washington, D.C., stressed about how dysfunctional our political system is. I guess that's true for everyone, but uh, here in D.C., it's a major topic of conversation. Um, So there are a lot of things to be stressed about. Um, But whenever we experience stress, whatever the apparent cause or source or trigger, if we know that the experience involves holding our breath, then we have a very simple and always accessible tool that we can use to relieve the stress. And that is this simple practice of exhaling and moving. So, uh, actually, I used to, this. Uh, you reminded me of a little game I used to play when I was giving lectures some years ago. On several occasions, when I was first exploring these ideas, while writing uh, my book on Feldenkrais, Awareness Heals, um, I would talk about how stress always involves some change in the way we move. And we'd be having a nice conversation, me and one peop- person or sometimes a group. And several times, just to illustrate the point, I would then pick a fight with somebody. 
and say something nasty or critical, and immediately people hold their breath. I do it too. I mean, it's our first impulse when we experience stress, anxiety, or discomfort is we stiffen and hold our breath. But any time you stiffen, muscles contract and breathing is disturbed. And as soon as you're aware of that, you can exhale and move again, and we recover from the stress. And that's a key idea behind FlexAware is that we don't try to treat or fix or cure or in a psychological context interpret or understand uh, the stress. We learn from it. We learn to recover. And the way to do that, first of all, is to exhale and move. And then while exhaling and moving more easily, we can also reflect on our situation and perhaps we'll have some new insights into a more effective way to act in the moment or in the future. Yeah, well, that's that's an empowering tool, and uh, I guess that's basically... One of the main goals of FlexAware is to empower the, the people that do it, empower their health, yes. their well-being. Yeah, and, um, and empowering is a very nice word, actually, um, and not just a word. It's a way to think about the learning process. Uh, young children have a real sense of autonomy and agency and independence at least in my opinion, and and every young child seems to believe that he or she is the center of the universe and that all I have to do is cry or fuss or fidget and the universe will mobilize to meet my needs. But then as we get a little bit older, we gradually develop a feeling of insignificance And we lose that sense of agency and autonomy. And part of what I'm seeking to do in the psychological dimension of FlexAware that relates so much to your work as an astrologer and Jungian, uh, part of what I'm seeking to do is help people rediscover that feeling of ease and comfort and autonomy that we all knew when we were young children so that in stressful situations we have options again. Um, so, yeah, yes, I like the golden power. For sure. That's, that's, and opening, I guess, opening is another big... Uh, so when you do that kind of breathing, I notice a big opening in my chest uh, and the opening, uh, relaxing or movement in my joints. Um, yes, exactly. And this, again, gets back to some of the science I mentioned before. And when we're moving efficiently, the opening is not just metaphorical, it's literal. 
it's actually happening because with movement, uh, tissues within the joints are nourished and lubricated. See, in all of the joints in the body, uh, there's no direct blood flow into the joints. Uh, joints are nourished and lubricated indirectly through the synovial fluid uh, that circulates through the joints, and that fluid is only produced and circulated when we're moving. Uh, when we're not moving, uh, joints stiffen, and if they're stiff for too long, they begin to calcify. And when they calcify significantly, uh, that gets labeled arthritis, uh, because arthritis really is just the calcifying of the joints. And But in my experience, arthritic changes have to be reversible. Um, and then the medical model just has all sorts of labels for the specific site or other details of the calcification or the irritation. So if it's a tendon, they'll call it tendonitis, or a bursa is bursitis, or a joint is arthritis. Um, but these are all just local disturbances that reflect an overall inefficient pattern of movement. Yeah, and expand. Is there more science? You said there's a lot of science stuff. Uh, yes, yeah. actually. If our, our listeners want to learn more about the science, they can go to flexaware.com, and there's an article there on the science of FlexAware where I discuss the anatomy and the physiology and the neuroscience. Um, the, and also something called biotensegrity, which is a whole new way of understanding anatomy and movement. Um, biotensegrity is the work of a retired orthopedic surgeon named Stephen Levin, who lives in McLean, Virginia, and uh, many decades ago, when he was first starting out and performing orthopedic surgery, he began to think about the fact that what he was learning in anatomy textbooks didn't make any sense. And uh, conventional models of anatomy look at joints as levers or hinges and muscles as cords or ropes that pull on the bones and with our modern technology, we have MRIs and CT scanners and such. And on the scans, it's very obvious that joints have a minute space between the bones. Bones do not touch. Bones are not levers or hinges. Um, there's a small space, and that space is not under constant pressure. Weight is actually transmitted not directly from bone to bone, except when tissues have been severely injured or irritated over an extended period. Uh, weight and force is transmitted through the tissues that surround the joint, the spiral structure of the ligaments and muscles, 
And again, we see this very clearly if we look at young children. Uh, Many of the blind spots in modern medicine and in our everyday fitness practices uh, arise from the fact that medical science began with cadavers. And the early students of the body in Greece and during the Renaissance were... uh, taking cadavers and often grave robbers, you know, using cadavers for scientific purposes and cutting them up and uh, examining uh, the structure. But there's one thing we know about cadavers that those early anatomists seem to have overlooked, and that is cadavers don't move. Um Living beings are not like cadavers. Living beings, every movement involves all of you. And I often illustrate this in classes, and this is an easy thing to feel if you're standing up. If you just hook your finger, so take your index finger and just gesture like you're telling someone, come here. Um In the anatomy books, they would say, well, that's contracting muscles in the palm and the forearm as your finger bends and lengthening muscles on the back of the hand and the back of the upper, the forearm. But if you now hook your finger so that there's a bit of resistance on the back of a chair or a desk or some other fixed object and do the same movement, you'll feel that as you flex your finger, there's actually some movement in your shoulder and in your hip joints. And you might notice a slight change in the tonus of the muscles in your neck or your face or down to your feet. Um, Every movement really does involve a change in the whole system. So... We can then that apply makes sense this. since we're we're all connected and we all we are all connected. We're, That's we're one, exactly we're right. We're a whole system. Uh, we're yes. mobile. We're mo- moving. That's mobile. exactly right. So, the biotensegrity ideas are tremendously exciting, and uh, Dr. Levin is actually working now to put together a conference that will be happening in September, and I'll be part of that. Uh, here in Reston and people can learn more if they contact me at flexaware.com through the website or just by email steve at flexaware.com and you could also visit the Biotensegrity website which is b-i-o-t-e-n-s-e-g-r-i-t-y dot com and Uh, Actually, this idea of biotensegrity, um, the word tensegrity was coined by Buckminster Fuller, and uh, listeners may have heard his name. He was an architect, design scientist, and considered uh, one of the real geniuses of the 20th century in his work in design and invention. And he saw that everything is connected. 
And he coined this term tensegrity to describe a dynamic system of tension and compression that is constantly adapting. And then Dr. Levin added the prefix bio to indicate that this is really true of all living beings. And I love that story because when I was in high school, I came across some of Bucky Fuller's books and actually heard him speak several times at Town Hall in New York City. And uh, I think it was some of those early experiences and the inspiration of Bucky Fuller that inspired me to then seek out Dr. Moshe Feldenkrais, who I met when I was in college. And it was, I believe, the fact that my background was in philosophy and psychology uh, that pleased Dr. Feldenkrais and uh, inspired him to invite me to then travel with him uh, during his last visit to the United States in the summer of 1981. And yeah, another... well, um, uh, absolutely. I mean, Buck Mitchell is such a inspiration. I actually organized a, a conference in the early 80s called Healing in Our Times, and he was one of the, the speakers. He was so old at the time that you could barely hear or understand what he was saying, but... Um, yeah, he he was he's an um, uh, amazing pioneer, and uh, so. Uh, but you you mentioned Salvador um, Christ again. Why don't you give a little background? How did he learn his work and okay his story? Yeah, Moshe Feldenkrais was another great genius, um, not as well known as he deserves to be. Um, Moshe was born in what's now the Ukraine and emigrated to Palestine at the end of the First World War. Uh, he was 14 when the war ended and he uh, left his family and made his way to what was then Palestine, now Israel. Uh, and while in Israel, he became fascinated with uh, self-defense techniques. Uh, he always had a fascination with uh, being autonomous and independent, partly from his experiences as a 14-year-old walking across uh, Europe at the end of the war. Um, uh, during his years in Palestine, he uh, became an avid soccer player and also began studying what he could of self-defense, jiu-jitsu. Uh, he then moved to Paris in 1929 or 30, uh, where he earned his first degree and then his doctorate at the Sorbonne. And in the 1930s, he actually spent his days as an assistant to Frédéric Joliot-Curie in the top physics laboratory in the world, uh, Moshe was working with Joliot when Joliot won the Nobel Prize in Chemistry in 1935. And Moshe spent his evenings at the Judo Club of Paris. Uh, Moshe was one of the first Europeans to earn a black belt in Judo. And during that period also, 
his wife was a pediatrician. So Moshe took these seemingly disparate elements, uh, judo and physics and pediatrics and his own knee injury uh, from his football days in Palestine, and he put that all together to create what became the Feldenkrais Method. Uh, During World War II, he lived in England, and at one point he re-injured his knee, was told by the best surgeons in Europe that he needed to have surgery, that the x-ray showed severe damage, that he might never walk again, even if he had the surgery, uh, that he might never walk again without a crutch or a cane. And as a scientist, and as someone who prided himself on his independence and creative thinking, he told the surgeons that they had to be idiots. And he then devoted himself to Uh, rediscovering a way to move efficiently so that he could make full use of his injured knees. And in the process, he learned to walk again, was even able to resume doing judo. Um, So uh, then in 1950 or so, he moved back to Israel. He was invited to be the head of Uh, research division for the Israeli Defense Forces, but over the next few years he shifted his attention almost entirely to developing these movement education practices. So while in Israel in the 50s, he became quite renowned for working with the Prime Minister David Ben-Gurion and helping Ben-Gurion regain his health. So In 1962, Parade Magazine here in the U.S. and around the world had a photograph of Ben-Gurion standing on his head on the beach at Tel Aviv. And Ben-Gurion learned to stand on his head from the work with Feldenkrais. Um, In 1970, Early 70s, Feldenkrais was invited to come to the U.S. to teach at Esalen Institute in California. He then did a training program in San Francisco and in the early 80s did another training program in Amherst, Massachusetts, which is when I was studying with him. And... um, Feldenkrais Method is now taught around the world, and a lot of people use my book, Awareness Heals, which presents the method in its conventional form, uh, rigorously following the way young children learn and move. Uh, But as I was saying before, while writing Awareness Heals, I began to look for ways to take Feldenkrais practices and make them more dynamic and more of a fitness process. And that's what led to uh, FlexAware. So FlexAware can really be an alternative. We have exercises that are an alternative to push-ups and exercises that are an alternative to sit-ups. 
and um, many other variations on stretching and strength training. Uh, I have several students who are Pilates teachers, and so we're creating FlexAware Pilates. Uh, in fact, one of them uh, has taught Pilates for many years and says that since she has begun to incorporate the FlexAware breathing, she finds that her Pilates students make much more progress with fewer injuries or setbacks. Um, I have several students who are longtime yoga teachers or yoga practitioners, and we're finding the same thing, that with the FlexAware insights into breathing and the whole body working efficiently, people get more benefit and enjoyment from yoga. I have several students who are serious uh, athletes, uh, one in particular who had decades of experience doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu and lots of weight training and serious heavy workouts, uh, doing all of that in spite of severe back pain until at one point two years ago or so, he was told that the back pain was so bad that he really needed to stop the Brazilian jiu-jitsu and have back surgery. He went for a second opinion, and the second doctor told him the same thing, at which point a friend of his, one of my students, said, go try FlexAware first. And uh, with just a few FlexAware sessions, uh, he was able to resume doing his Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and he's never had the back surgery. In fact, I spoke with him on the phone today. Uh, he continues to do very well. Uh, wow. That's insane. Um, so, um, let's see. You mentioned stretching, and that makes me think of yoga. So how is flexware different than yoga, and how would one go about doing stretching yeah, a lot of people do a lot of different kinds of stretching. So how would FlexAware yeah. stretching look like? Uh, well, the thing with stretching and with yoga is that we adults are burdened with consciousness. And we've all been taught to set goals and to pursue them. Uh, but, of course, very young children learn to crawl and walk and run and skip without setting goals and without schedules or deadlines. And what tends to happen when people focus on stretching individual muscles or joints or other tissues is almost invariably we're not aware of what's happening everywhere else. We're focusing almost entirely on the places that are being stretched while ignoring any stiffening or straining elsewhere. Similarly with yoga, people want to look like the photographs in the yoga books or they want to look like their beautiful young yoga teacher and don't realize that everybody is a little bit different and every one of us is a bit different each day. So where we get into trouble with yoga or stretching or Pilates or other practices is when we become too goal-oriented. 
too focused on achieving any specific goal or posture or number of repetitions because any time you're holding your breath you're actually strengthening the habits of holding your breath. Uh, one of the ways I like to illustrate this is to think about push-ups. Right? We've all done push-ups, or in Europe they call them press-ups. And uh, people think that's a great exercise for the arms and shoulders. And Yeah, sure, it might be a good exercise for the arms and shoulders. Those big muscles are working very hard. But while doing push-ups, you're also holding the trunk completely rigid. The hip joints and trunk. And any time we're rigid, we're unable to breathe fully and freely. And so while doing the push-up and strengthening the arms and shoulders, people are also inadvertently strengthening the habit of holding all the back muscles and hip joint muscles uh, much tighter than necessary. And so for whatever benefits they're getting, they're also causing themselves some significant harm. Um, We have a flex-aware alternative to push-ups where you exhale in coordination with the push-up and you inhale in coordination with returning to the floor and several variations of that so that muscles at the hip joints and throughout the trunk are working efficiently so that the movement involves many muscles contracting and many opposite muscles lengthening and in the process Um, We rediscovered that sense of ease and comfort that we all knew when we were healthy young children. So uh, we've gone from your question about stretching and yoga uh, through push-ups, and the same logic applies to Pilates and calisthenics and other stretching and exercise and fitness practices. If we just start with these ideas about ease and efficiency and comfort, um, we are, in my view, vastly better off. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So one of my goals is that I want my friends and students to be supple and live and flexible like healthy young children even when we're in our 80s and 90s and over 100. Mm-hmm. Um, I sometimes joke that there's this idea that it's somehow healthy or sexy to have a hard body. And that's the phrase. And people say they want to have tight, hard abdominals, abdomen, and six-pack abs. Buns of steel, six-pack abs, all that kind of stuff. And there's so many books and videos that will teach people to have a tight, hard body and buns of steel. Well, I don't know about you. Well, I do know about you. We're friends. (laughs) And 
I don't know about our listeners, but somehow I think it's a lot nicer to have buns and abs and shoulders that are somewhat soft and malleable. And I know that when I hug somebody, I'd much rather hug somebody where their body is yielding and we can flow and melt together. And that's a lot nicer than hugging a board. <laughs> hugging a, a tree or a can. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I really appreciate okay. that about the, the yoga. And yoga has become so commodified and you know, now there's all these power yoga and different versions where there's so much, yeah. there's such a competitive and uh, commercialized, commodified Yeah, yoga today is very and, different than it was 30 or 40 years ago. Yeah, I mean, and the, you know, the way I learned yoga, it's a comfortable pose uh, held in a relaxed uh, position. And, you know, like, that's kind of like the opposite of like what you're saying, you know, because people get so stressed you know, that they want to have some ideal picture in their head of so they're straining the heck out of themselves. And, yeah. Um, and so what about, so you've gone over the stretch thing. What about, uh, do you want to say some things about, so most the way modern people mostly now is they get a, Gym membership, which they hardly ever use, but uh, <laughs> they might go through through waves, or they occasionally use it. And um, uh, so you mentioned that you could do um, strength strengthening. You could use yes. flexware for strengthening. So absolutely, deal with that whole. And that's, uh, one of the things that's really fun for me, actually, and with my more advanced students is we take the FlexAware ideas and we can add weights and elastic straps to make this really challenging. And we have ways to make this also really aerobic. Um, One of my favorite exercises is I go over to the park and I do my FlexAware barefoot in the grass, often with my eyes closed and sometimes with two or five-pound weights in my hands. And sometimes while running with my weights and with my eyes closed. And when I talk about this, uh, friends and students often threaten to come over and videotape me and put it up on YouTube. And one of these days we will do that. Um, because, again, if the idea Especially is if you're running to into discover... trees or something with your eyes closed. <laughs> Well, it's a where I go. It's a nice, large, open field, and there's usually no one there early in the morning. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to worry. And I can calibrate the shadow, so I can have my eyes closed, and I know when I reach the shadow that I'm getting close to the trees. So it works out very nicely, and I get to play and feel like a silly, healthy young child. And every day on the street, we see parents with young children, and the three-year-olds and five-year-olds are fidgeting and squirming, and they're looking around, and they're doing little dance kinds of movements or running. And parents are just stiff and talking on their cell phones. Um, 
again, the science suggests that when we're not moving, muscles, tendons, and other tissues physiologically contract and stiffen. And that's another piece of the science that is obvious once we think about it, but generally overlooked. Another important piece, getting back to your interest in psychology and stress and anxiety, is the immense value of emphasizing the exhale. Um, For all of our listeners who've ever taken a biology class or an anatomy and physiology class in high school or college or even read any popular books, um, the nervous system is commonly divided into uh, the autonomic, which is the deeper aspects of the nervous system that are responsible for our survival and biological functioning, and the intentional, which is our conscious control from the higher centers of the brain and our human capacities for language and using symbols and setting goals. And then within the autonomic nervous system, there are two branches, uh, the fight and flight responses, which arouse and alert us for action, and then the rest, recover, relaxation responses. And the formal scientific names for uh, listeners who care about such things are the sympathetic, is the term for the fight-flight responses, and parasympathetic is the term for the rest, relax, and recover responses. Well, what recent research is showing is that there's a dynamic between the two systems. And that dynamic is active with every breath and with every heartbeat. And it's never all one or all the other. Uh, So when you're exhaling, you're actually engaging more of the parasympathetic responses. And when we're inhaling, we're engaging more of the sympathetic flight-fight responses. And one of the reasons with FlexAware we put the emphasis on the exhale is to uh, more fully activate the rest, recover, relaxation responses. And that's especially important in our modern world where we have computers and cell phones and constant demands and stresses. Um, We need ways to let go and unwind and relax. And these flex-aware practices, uh, you can do this while sitting at your desk or even in your car. Uh, You can pause from time to time during your day and just standing in place, practice these simple movements that we were doing earlier in the call. And I'll just remind our listeners Uh, If you just think about your whole trunk, from your hip joints right up to the base of your neck, as you exhale, it's like squeezing a sponge or letting the air out of a balloon, and you can bend or fold or twist. And then you return to neutral, to a more vertical position, 
while you inhale. So you can bend to the right or to the left or backward or on a diagonal. You can wave your arms at the same time. And this really is how breathing happens. Uh, Breathing happens through changing the volume of the trunk, through bending or twisting or flexing in some way that reduces the volume, and we call that exhaling or moving in some way that increases the volume, and we call that inhaling. The lungs are moved by the action of the ribs and the muscles that attach to the ribs. Lungs are not muscles. Lungs are just soft, spongy tissue that facilitates the transfer from of oxygen and carbon dioxide between the air and the blood. So uh, your listeners now have several things that you can do. Anytime you experience stress or discomfort or anxiety, exhale and move. And if you want to make this more dynamic and active, uh, you can go to flexaware.com and learn more, or you can contact me through the website and come see me to explore individual lessons to help eliminate back pain or other problems, or if you want to become a FlexAware teacher, I'm getting ready to do a new teacher education program. Um, and in time, I'm confident that FlexAware will be taught in schools and senior centers and gyms and hospitals and medical offices uh, around yeah. the world. And and so um, you mentioned the heartbeat. So if, if people can also do this when they want to work cardio? Yes, absolutely. Um, if you want to, and, and we talked a little bit about doing this at the gym, yeah, there are ways to combine these flexible breathing practices with cardio exercise. You can do some of these movements while on a stationary bike or a treadmill. Um, And one of the things that really appalls and frustrates me and that actually was a key to inspiring me to create FlexAware was in the late 80s and into the 90s uh, when I was a conventional Feldenkrais practitioner. I was seeing a lot of people who came to me for back pain or neck or shoulder problems or after a serious injury or a stroke or multiple sclerosis or migraine headaches or such. And I could help them, but then they would go to the gym and do some kind of mindless exercise. Um, So often people today are using the treadmills and the stationary bikes while listening to a recorded book or listening to music or talking on the cell phone or reading a magazine or watching television. Well, what we're doing actually is conditioning ourselves to dissociate mind from body, to be moving repetitively and robotically while our mental our attention is off on something totally unrelated. And the, we do the opposite in many of our work activities. We're sitting motionless in front of a computer doing work that is 
almost entirely abstract and mental and symbolic, while our bodies are completely dissociated. Uh, my idea with FlexAware was to restore the unity of the mental and the physical so that when you're sitting at your desk, you know how to breathe freely and move easily even without getting up from your chair. And so that when you're uh, doing aerobic cardio fitness exercise, you can be aware of your breathing and aware of gravity and aware of muscles everywhere working harmoniously. And most important, whether you're doing the cardio aerobic fitness activities or you're sitting relatively still at your desk or in your car, you can have a sense of ease and comfort and joy about what you're doing and about yourself. Because that's really what life is about, isn't it? It's about enjoying ourselves so that we can be more fully and uniquely ourselves, more fully and uniquely human. Yes, absolutely. Let's hope so. More of it. The um, So there are some uh, videos on your website and YouTube also, I believe, and then uh, a little bit. To... Yeah, not enough. That... Wait, I've been too a, focused on a, a writing CD. the teacher's manual and other long-term projects, and I'm actually a, looking for DVD, people who you? want to work with me to start putting up more videos and uh, spreading oh, but, the word uh, more actively. Um, do you have a DVD people can order? Yes. If you go to flexware.com, okay, we have a mm-hmm. DVD for sale. And Uh it teaches the basic flexiware movements, uh, sitting, Uh lying on the floor, the flexiware alternative to push-ups and the flexiware alternative to sit-ups, and Uh also some standing and walking movements. Yeah. And I've been particularly pleased. I've had several people order the DVD and uh, who I'd never met or even exchanged emails with, apart from the DVD order who have then contacted me to say that just from the DVD, they learned some things that helped eliminate long-time back pain. So that's mm-hmm. been extremely gratifying. Yeah. Um, I've, I've seen and worked with the DVD myself, and it, you definitely get the basics, and um, you get a really good idea of how you can apply these exercises and um, you know just have a workout, uh, some basic uh, routine. Um, something you can add into your schedule where um, you can experiment with these things. Yes, so, good. Yeah. Thank you. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. And it's not yeah. about just yeah. working it into your schedule. It's integrated in, into your everyday activities. Again, mm-hmm. when you're sitting at your desk or walking down the street or at the gym, to be more aware and skillful and alive and playful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, excellent. So the website is flexaware.com. Yes, F-L-E-X-A-W-A-R-E.com, and we spell that with a capital A for aware. Uh, Flexaware, aware and flexible. Yeah. .com. Okay, excellent. Well, I want to thank you so much for being my guest this week, and this was great, and 
sex work is definitely something that can help people a lot. And, um, you know, as a society, we're so much up in our heads and burdened with stress. I remembered one thing I wanted to ask. I mean, I know that for myself, and probably most people are like this, I keep most of my attention in my neck and my shoulders. And (laughs) so anything you want to say about that sort of... uh, and your question illustrates a lot of what I've been talking about. And we mm-hmm. tend to think of stress as a thing that we put in our neck or our shoulders. And almost mm-hmm. all of us are tighter in those areas than we have reason to be, uh, just from mm-hmm. neglect and just from habit. Um, but neck and shoulders obviously connect to ribs and spine and pelvis. And so what we do with flexor is when you breathe freely and move easily, um, tight, tense, stressed muscles and tissues relax while weaker areas become stronger. And one reason so many of us are tight and tense in our neck and shoulders is we have habits of holding the middle and upper back relatively stiff habits of shallow breathing. So again, these ideas about exhale as you bend or twist and inhale as you return to neutral and moving with gravity, aligning with gravity. Uh, These are ways to begin to release and reverse any discomfort such as you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. Um, this has been great, and uh, I'll go out with uh, that song you liked so much. It's called Breathe, and it's by the Kennedys. The Kennedys are a very cool folk group. They, they're the warm-up band for uh, uh, Nancy Griffin. Um, more well-known, but uh, Better Dreams is the name of the album. The song Breathe is, is on, and... Um, so we'll have to do this again and explore some of your other ideas. Uh, you dip into uh, your multifaceted, so we'll have to do one on some of the progressive political stuff and different things. So. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun to talk about also. Yeah. Very good, Randy. All right. Thanks. This has been a lot yeah. of fun. Yeah, same here. Okay, take care. Bye. Bye-bye. Let it shine Just like me
Take a breath, let it out, let it 